Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Today's podcast is a bitchin' one. It's another audio clip of when I took over the Mama Tried Flat Out Friday podcast while I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin for the Mama Tried Motorcycle Show. It's a lot. Uh, on this takeover episode, I sat down with little Chris and Jake Hines. Little Chris works for Harley-Davidson now, and Jake Hines works for a small company you might know of as Prism Supply. Anyways, we talked about a lot of rad shit. They, they started fucking heckling me during the podcast, started asking me some weird questions like this was their show, but I let them go, and I answered, and I hope you enjoy, man. I, I enjoy the shit out of both of these guys, and it's always a pleasure to sit down and catch up with them, whether I record it or not. So I hope you enjoy this podcast, and uh, let's get into it. Right, this show is brought to you by mcshoptees.com, your t-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. Each month we feature a new shop, or not a new shop, a lot of old shops mainly, and do a one-off, limited run, limited print t-shirt that's only available to MC Shop Tees subscribers. We've got women's sizes, kids' sizes, and two different styles of men's shirts, heavies, heavy shirts and soft shirts. You know, the material's just different. I like the the softer vintage feeling, you know, so I can be able to move around real easy. But go to mcshoptees.com. Sign up before the end of the month if you would like to get next month's T-shirt. You got to be signed up by the end of April to ensure that you get the Indian Larry Motorcycles T-shirt with art done by Darren McKee. Trust me, you do not want to miss that one. It's cool being able to feature all different types of shops. Uh, at one time early on, I featured Prism Supply. And, dude, that shirt was sick. Daniel Sheridan did the artwork. And, you know, now, four years later, I'm featuring Andy and Larry from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, R.I. fucking P, man. Um, you know, that motherfucker was a pioneer. And, shoot, dude, we owe a lot to that motherfucker. And it's a small thing that I'm doing. Um, dude, it's just, it's just fucking special. Kind of choked up. Uh, go to mcshoptees.com to sign up now. Uh, if you want to support this show, but you don't want any t-shirts, go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. There's a Patreon support link where you can donate five bucks a month to keep this show on the road. And to say thank you, Lowbrow Customs helps me keep my chopper on the road, and they can help you keep your chopper on the road, too. Go to LowbrowCustoms.com. Check them out. Uh, I got a $100 gift card to give away to one lucky winner. And I will be giving it away this month on the next Danger Dance Talk Shop. Uh, dude, they're rad. And uh, it's pretty cool to be able to give back to the community that helps support this show. Um, right along with that, at the end of the year, for every $5 you donate in between now and the end of the year, or even if you're signed up in January, every, every $5 donation from January to December is going to put your name in the hat for a chance to win an expedition thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. Motorcycle Sherpa does expeditions in Mongolia, India, and Nepal. And they're fucking rad as shit. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, then you know. Uh, go check them out, man. If you don't want to wait on winning a trip, then go to MotorcycleSherpa.com now and sign up for the Nepal trip. Ride to the heavens November 1st through the 13th. I, Danger Dan, will be your... 
you know, the fucking guide, I guess. You know, I'll be working with their team. You know, I really are just like, I'm just going to be there having fun with you, and it's going to be sick. That trip is going to fill up, and it is already filling up fast. So do not hesitate. Go to MotorcycleSherpa.com and sign up now. Uh, dude, we got a bunch of sweet gigs coming up. Uh, we got the Biltwell El Diablo run in San Felipe, Mexico, May 5th. Later on in May, we'll be in Tennessee at Loretta Lynn's for the Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival, home of the Bling Cycles Invitational, where Bill Dodge invites some of the baddest builders from around the country to display some badass bikes. The music lineup this year is fucking incredible. Probably one of the best music lineups to date. Paul Cawthon, Nikki Lane, Rob Lines, and then my favorites, the Lulu, the Lulu, Lulu and the Black Sheep. It's going to be sick. The Ives Brothers will be there set up riding the wall of death. Uh, you're going to get a chance to test ride Harley Davidson Pan Americas off-road around Loretta's place. Never been able to do that before. This will be the first time that that's even an opportunity for anybody. So show up, bring your boots, let's go ride in the dirt. It's going to be sick. The riding around uh, Hurricane Mills is phenomenal. And we got a bunch of other sick shows coming up. Pay attention to the podcast and I will tell you all about them. But today, let's get into this podcast with Little Chris and Jake Hines. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and if you want to watch it, go to Mama Tried Flat Out Friday Podcast. They got a YouTube channel. Special thanks to Harley Davidson and Bell Helmets. Bell Helmets gave all of the guests on the Mama Tried Flat Out Friday Podcast take over a helmet. I even got one myself. I've been wearing it around. I think it's called the MX-9 Adventure. It's like a, got a flip-up, you know, got a visor. It's cool. It fucking works good. It's actually got, you know, one of those fucking clear, dark, lenses that changes never had nothing like that before anyways check them out thank you to all the supporters dude let's get into this podcast this is danger dan and you are watching the mama tried flat out friday podcast brought to you by harley davidson so i put the crimp on brad he wouldn't give me any information so i brought you here today did you to divulge Whatever so we're just gonna hound. To we're us. gonna hound Chris. We want to know. I've been talking to Chris Graves when he weren't there, and everybody else. I'm like, you know, I want, we all want to know the details. Your friends work in there. Like, what's the latest and greatest? What's coming out? What's what's the motor company doing? And you know, oh, I can't really talk about it. That's more. That's that. That leaves you on the edge of your seat. And like, uh, I'm not gonna leave you on the edge of your seat. I'm just gonna say like. It's cool stuff. I think we've seen the most of it, but I am very impressed with the, the team that I've been working with and like how they're building upon that in, in the steps. And I, I think they got a good team in there right now and the future of the brand and, you know, the age we're at, I think we're great at appreciating what they're coming mm -hmm. out with and what they're going to be coming out with. Mm -hmm. so, so I was really stoked talking to Brad and just hearing about the process. It's just interesting you know, it's one thing to build a chopper on your own or bike or whatever it may be. And, you know, you're running the ideas through yourself and you make a decision, you know, like with Harley, you're building it and you got to have, there's so many other channels, so much input coming in from every direction and to make everybody happy and to find mm -hmm. those balances and, you know, the give and take where it's function or form. And, you know, it's, 
just a lot going on. So how many years out are you guys like for a, releasing a new bike from the design, initial design to release? Three yeah, years. so the stuff, the, the 23 stuff that just came out, I had no idea on the colors or the models or, or, or the colors and the, 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 the model year changes. And, you know, I was pretty stoked to see that white sand pearl that they came out with on the new STs. Like, it's, I've never been a new, new bike guy, but it's starting to grow on me. It's, it's starting to grow on me, especially when you can hop on one and, and ride. You're talking to two Pan, Pan America guys. Yeah, 300 miles and, and not have a, a trouble, any trouble. <laughs> you know, there's, there's always going to be something. You know? And, and I can't, since I've been in there, I hate, I hate re- being repetitive at work about it. It's like, you guys got to check out Danger Dan's bike. You got to check out Dan. I want you guys to meet him. This guy is putting your motorcycle through the ringer. Like, when I saw you get hit by that truck. Oh, God. Like, the TMMR. I'm so, I'm so glad you're okay, but I was so excited that, <laughs> that, that he got hit. That's, that's, it's not about the motorcycles. It's the adventures that you have on. Well, them. dude, that, that, that event right there, running into that truck, you know freaking out i ran off came back the bike's still there pick it up <clears throat> like that's when i like felt connected to the bike before that it was just like a like it wasn't my bike <clears throat> once we both rode away from that instance i was like all right you you're, you're on the it. team you know you can be part of the family and not only that curfius is helping you finagle something together with a beer can to get the radiator hose yeah from melting like- well curbius was like you know you, you got a new bike you know it's not your chopper you're gonna have to buy new parts to fix it and i'm like no I'm not, you know, like I'm going to fix this right now. <laughs> We're going to take care I of it. I got shit yeah. to do tomorrow. There's no parts to buy. And he was like, what are we going to use? Something in our hands. And he's holding on to a beer can. And I'm like, yep, that's exactly what What'd we're going to do. What'd you have to fix do. with it? So it was me, it was me, Kirpius and Carlos, and they were both drinking Modelo's. So once we came up with the idea to make a heat shield, fucking Carlos, he's like a metal fucking genius. So he made a great, Kirby's made one. We tried it. It didn't work very well. <laughs> and then Carlos gave me his version and it fucking slid right over the radiator hose to protect it from the header. And it's been on there ever since. Still? It's up there right now. You rode through South America with that like yeah. that? Yeah. That's even, that adds it to the story. I mean, That's it's great. up there right now. I'm you didn't it see out. it? You didn't see the Modelo can? Not yet. I'm just kidding. You can't really because it's so covered with shit and it's burnt. The fucking... You know, the color. You can tell it's a Modelo cam, but you yeah. got to look for it. Didn't you just crack your cases on that bike? I did. Uh-oh. Yeah. You know, and it sucks because it, I don't even, I didn't like jump it off a cliff or hit a big rock. Like literally the kickstand was being weird, like the last week of the trip. And instead of like getting down on the ground and seeing what was going on, I'm like, I'm almost done. You know, like I'll just, just got to get the bike back to Buenos Aires and I'll fly it home. Was it dripping oil? Dude, the two screw, two of the three screws came loose, and the kickstand was only bolted with one bolt into the case, and that that fucking screw bent and then cracked the case right above like the bong in there. So we JB welded it and it's, because there's no frame underneath that the kickstand's mounted to; it's mounted yeah. directly to the engine case, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, and really, the, it would have just been fine if I'd have just gone down and looked at it and seen that there was two screws coming out. And, but yeah, yeah, it's holding oil now though. JB Weld fucking work miracles down in South America. Uh, I lost a timing plug in my Sportster once on a trip. Yeah, and Cody Davidson was like, you know, I, I had oil all over my leg. It, it, the classic story of that, and he pulls out his toothpaste container and he's like, "Here, put this in there." And 
they threaded in that the toothpaste cap backwards into the, the timing hole. And that stayed in there for at least six months. <laughs> I didn't change that out. It's like, what? don't fix something that's not really broken. Dude, I made a uh, plug. Actually, I think Nick made it. No, Nick didn't make it. I used one of Nick's knives to make it, but just a plug out of a piece of wood to stick in my four-speed because I lost that, you know, the fill cap. You got to be ingenuitive. Got to make it. Gotta yeah, do absolutely. it. Can't stop. Can't stop. Have you gotten any miles on that Pan Am yet? I mean, yeah. I mean, I've only had it for a month. But, yeah, I mean, I put a, probably close to 1,000 on it in a month. You going to bring it to Tennessee? Yeah. What are we going to do? We, we need to do some rides this year. Dude, what are you thinking? We're, uh, we're going to do – how about we do the Sturgis so, ride we talked about? Yeah, so I've commuted on it basically back okay. and forth. I haven't really had a chance to like take it off-road, feel what it's really about. We're going to do that soon, and I can't wait. Dan swears by that. That's Dan's like, favorite that's thing about that bike. That's when you take it off. It's... No, I'm sold already. I, I really am. Like, I really like the bike. It's, it's nice. I'm honest. Like, I, I've never ridden one yet. I got to sit on one before I worked for the company, and I was – impressed with how comfortable it was uh but they won't i can't ride it at work unless i have like a tier two rider's approval i gotta go through know, an, an advanced so riding course i can take a live wire out which is crazy faster than that but i hear that yeah. 1250 really goes it fucking rips dude it really I'm excited does. to do it I'll what, mo- what mode do you keep yours in all the time like sport mode or do you actually change it no yeah 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 like when you're I in change the it when I go to dirt, and then I put it on road mode. Hell, I've even used the rain mode. Yeah. When it was raining, like I never thought I would even bother pressing the button, but I, I, I do. What, what do you notice different with that? What's well, funny? You can like have the throttle, you know, three quarter, wherever you got it, half, and press the button, and you can feel it, the motor like back just, like the throttle go one direction or another. And I don't notice a lot. I think it's like a little bit more mushy. It's not quite as reactive in rain mode. Uh, <clears throat> sport mode, that's like the the one you notice the most. When you put it in yeah. sport mode and hit the fucking throttle. I keep mine in sport mode all the time. It doesn't feel like any other <laughs> yeah. mode, dude. It's good. And I use that a lot in the dirt, too, because I think the suspension is a little bit stiffer in that mode. And I'm a big guy and when I'm jumping and hitting shit, you know. Yeah. But I've one thing I've been impressed with is the fucking anti-lock brakes. And I used to really? be, I was so against that, just like I would turn totally. it off all the time. And then one day in New Mexico, <clears throat> I was like, I might as well just like play with it and see what it's like and put it on. And I'm just not, you know, I'm going downhill and I just come up on a turn way too fast. There's a fucking cliff. It's a left-handed turn. And if I wouldn't have had that on, I would have just locked up and slid off. That front wheel would have. But I just, well, I just hit the rear brake. I don't even use, wouldn't have used the front one, but I would have just locked up and slid. Okay. And wouldn't have, you know, the when I hit it now, it's like. Was it pulses? Gripping and yeah. fucking, I made the yeah. turn. I was just like, okay, there's something here. You know, like I got to, this. so now I just leave that on all the time. Listen to us excited about all these new. I so know. Does that mean we're getting old? Cut For this real. out. We're yeah, going to yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're Let's cooler than that. Right all right, all right. Let's restart. You're right, though. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I really do love it. I really do. I was I was kind of against it. I mean, I've only ridden choppers. My oldest, my newest bike up until this year, January of 23, was a 77 Shovelhead. That was my newest bike I've ever owned. What about your Husky? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Harley. My newest Harley I've ever owned. Yeah, I got a 2002, 2018 Huskies. Um, but, yeah, I've been thoroughly impressed with 
It's so nice. I'm Do you own a new bike? I don't. Yeah. I went and looked at Not them. Yet. I looked at them last week. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're getting one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My you're done. wife was like, "Oh, I'd rather have a. We should buy a camper instead of a motorcycle." The um, funny, the best part about it to me is, so I've uh, like, I, I, I'm sorry, sorry Jake. Like, no, I'm, go ahead. Yeah, I, sometimes I think I'm too responsible. I need to <laughs> make some bad, more bad choices in my life. But that's that's when you start having fun and adventure. What's your newest stories. bike then? My newest bike is my 58 XL Sportster. <laughs> What's the newest bike you've ever owned? The 75 Shovelhead Super Glide. Wow. Didn't you build like a Harley a- or any bike? Uh, any bike. Beat me. Good. Didn't, didn't, I build didn't you build a Sportster dirt bike or a, like a dual sport or something? No, I built the, the my flathead that I put an early narrow glide front end on. Okay. It was really slim, but... No. no, I never. I don't think I ever built anything with a Sportster that was no, no Evo no Sportster. No. Okay. My wife has a '99 Sportster that we repainted, and she rides on more trips with her friends than I have in the last few years. So. <laughs> yeah. Good for her. Yeah, it's that is awesome. So maybe I can play that card. Like you get to ride with your friends, I want to ride with mine. Get a brand new bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I got a, I got a Pan America you can ride. Thanks. You just go up there at the I keys, rent it. You can just turn it on, press the button. I didn't disconnect the battery or anything. You're, you're as good Where do you keep the key? Where do you keep the fob? that tank bag with the coca leaves from Peru <laughs> underneath the flamingo leg. <laughs> Nobody checked your bags? They didn't check anything. I could open it up wrapped in plastic. I'll take you up on that. Have you seen the flamingo leg on it? I, I think, did I mean, That's it. my favorite thing is that I got back here with the flamingo leg. Mm-hmm. It almost reminds me of some of those old bikes where the guys would put their furs or antlers on. It's it's part of this part of the story. Some people really dress those bikes up, but it's just another one of those bits of story to it. Yeah, there's What's a the story f- on that. Well, I was, that yet? I was uh, where was it? I was at Via Epiquin. It's just like a, so it's a town that was built next to a lake, <coughs> and at some point, like. You know, maybe 50 years after the town was built, the lake rose like 50 foot, covered the whole fucking town. And it's I think when that happened, there was runoff or something from below filled it with salt. So it killed all the fucking trees, you know, covered everything in that city with salt. So now and then at some point since that happened, the water went back to the level it was when they built the town. Mm-hmm. So now it's this fucking sea of salt with this ghost town that's just demolished that you can like walk through and they wouldn't let me ride in there. But it's also like there's a bunch of beaches there and like huts you can rent or like hang out at because people think it's like got healing powers. You know, it's like taking a salt bath, except mm-hmm. it's natural. So we were there with my buddy, uh, Pat, though, a guy named he's got a place called Invader Cycle Supply, builds choppers down in Buenos Aires. Super cool cat. Uh, he built a chopper out of a beta motor that was on the cover of Dice. Okay. And uh, But he he met me a couple days outside of Buenos Aires. We went there. We camped out. We did a podcast. It was like the most brutal podcast I've ever done because uh, I didn't realize how salty the water was. So we go get wet. We were hot all day. We go get in the water. It feels amazing. We come back over. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's start right now. Set up the mics. And we start drying. And there's just like, we have white film all over. It's like just salt everywhere. My hair has got like 
a pound of fucking salt and all. It was just na- And then we started getting eaten by mosquitoes. But anyways, we had a great night. Everybody left, and it was just us out there on this beach. All this is like a bunch of dead trees everywhere. You're right next to this city that's fucking in shambles. And there was like this weird pink thing by the tree. And uh, the next morning, and it just looked like trash at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I thought. I just assumed. I didn't even go look at it. And the next morning, we woke up, and there's fucking flamingos out there in the water, like, you know, 100 yards from us. And uh, and then yeah, I was packing up, and there was a flamingo on the ground. And I was like, go cut the fucking leg off that thing, you know? And I gave him my knife. And he was like, you really want me to do this? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm going to do it, like, or you could do it while I'm getting my shit packed the up. Was like, long. Yeah. You know, like, you could be part of the story and cut the fucking <laughs> leg off. Yeah. So he did. He fucking took my knife made by Nick and cut the leg off the flamingo, and, and now it's here. On his bike. There you go. That's all right. That's all right. (laughs) It's fun. Have you ever seen a flamingo in the wild before? Uh, Just at the zoo. I mean, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like in the wild. That's that's not the zoo. Just at the zoo, you know. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm thinking about a time I I lived. I lived above Scott Johnson. Okay. So when I, uh, we were roommates. I tell everybody we were roommates, and he just gets all bummed. He gets all bent out of shape. Like, don't tell people that we weren't roommates. And uh, <laughs> there's a dead possum under his porch or something. And I thought, oh, I'd have lucky possum feet if I cut him off and put him in a jar of rice and he dried out in his his attic. And he was like, don't put those up there. And I did anyways. <laughs> and now those those uh, those possum paws are on the shelf. At, our current residence. Nice. I'll just remember how I disobeyed Scott. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. And he still loves you. He's got no choice. <laughs> That's awesome. I cut the leg. I cut a foot off a rabbit while I was down there. Like when I was in, like right as I was getting down into Patagonia, like the desert area, kept seeing these rabbits. And then finally there was one just laying dead on the side of the road. And I was like, I could use a rabbit foot right now. See? Cut it. It's not that weird. Tied some leather on it and hung it off the bike. It fell off like that day. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't make it back. You just remember any animals ever in your no, life? No, no. You no, ever no. cut something off a dead animal on the side of the road? Nope. No. I haven't. Squirrel nice tail. To see you. Did you know there's armadillos down there too? Like, there's, I saw armadillos like this big. There's armadillos in Missouri too. Really? Yeah, they're creeping up. They're coming up. They're, <laughs> Better they're watch migrating out. north. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It's got to be way They're smaller? Cool. They're way smaller in South America? The, dude, the ones I saw are real small. Dude, so there's this one stretch. How small? On, like Softball? Like, yeah, like a softball. Hmm. It was fucking wild. Sure it wasn't a baby? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure it wasn't a baby. But in Texas, I've seen a lot of armadillos, but I've never seen a fucking baby armadillo or a small armadillo. So I'm, I don't know. <laughs> but one of these uh, sections of Route 40, it was like, it's a pretty popular, famous spot because it's like 70 kilometers of like the gnarliest gravel road. I think, what do they call it? Uh, Grippio down there. And uh, I get to this section and I'm stoked. I'm like, all right, here's the, you know, the hard part or whatever. And like, there's a bunch of bikes and I'm like fist pumping every one of them I see. And they're all just like holding on real tight to not fall down. And next thing you know, I'm going really fucking fast because it wasn't near as bad as any of the other shit I've been riding. And uh, I come around this, like, long bend to the right, and then I get to this deep, like, fucking deep gravel. I mean, it was like 
riding on marble. So now I'm fucking holding on really tight. I'm going way too fast. And, but I'm and I'm in a rut that's probably like this. You know, it's it's a deep rut. Not a rut I want to try and climb out no. of at the speed. Just maintain. And then there's a fucking armadillo stuck in the rut too. Oh no. I'm running down the fucking rut. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to hit this armadillo, you know? So I like I lean over to the left and just like push the bike, you know, into the side of that rut to miss him. And I slow down, look in the rearview mirror. He's still running down the fucking rut. And I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> but if I would have killed him, I would have gone and cut something off of him. <laughs> so going down. So you regret it. You regret not no, killing no, him. I'm glad I don't just saying, like, if I would have <laughs> killed him, I would have like brought something to live on, you know? I'm like, all yeah, right, yeah. You know, I'm gonna take part of this. So you're talking about going down a hill real fast, holding on real tight, you know, being real sketchy. What can you tell us about uh, longboarding? <laughs> oh yeah, man. this is a this that was is a, a new transition thing. right yeah. there, dude. We, uh, yeah, owning we, the podcast. You should do this. We hear uh, you've been uh, a longboarder in a previous life. Tell oh no, it's that. this life. Oh, it's same this life. same life, really. Uh, dude, I like. Yeah, I love skateboarding. And some of my friends got into longboarding years ago, and they used to come. How long ago? Set the whole scene for us. What's your first time doing this? I fucking don't know. I started skating a long time ago. So was it a regular regular skateboarding turned into longboarding and leather suits? Yeah, it did. It did turn into going really fast. I remember when uh, some old skate videos in the 80s, they had downhill sections oh yeah or like slalom sections yeah. or some fat dude wiggling going <laughs> through the cones or even just like santa cruz videos like yeah or mm-hmm. hitting some of the gnarly san francisco hills on fucking popsicle sticks i mean even today that's wild i know that's, it's fucking really wild i think we did that they did that in milwaukee once uh, two or three years ago we got a i think a hill called juno avenue right downtown it goes towards the pfizer uh through the msoe campus and that's one of our gnarliest hills downtown where you have to worry about cross traffic and the mm-hmm. skate shop organized a non-official event where they were doing a hill bomb. And I think it started getting a little drizzly that day and a few of the hitters from around the city got down and pretty fun. And Damn. Just... That reminds me, have you heard of the Broadway bomb? No, I haven't. In New York? No. They do it. It's like, I mean, now it's huge, but I mean, it's just like a fucking two mile race downhill through the fucking traffic. You know, you're sketching behind cars. I mean, it's, it's outlaw as fuck. How about uh give us your craziest story, your craziest longboarding story. Yeah. My craziest longboarding story. Did you ever get road rash real bad? Dude, I was going down a hill. So in Oklahoma, they don't have a speed limit for gravity vehicles. So you're traveling doing this. Set the scene for us. You're in Oklahoma? You're I mean, you're, uh, yeah. you're traveling around the country long. There's not fucking hills in Texas, you know. <laughs> I like True. to go fast. I had to go find the closest mountains are uh, in Oklahoma. And they had the gravity games there like in 96 or 97. Like back when delusion got really big yep. for a minute, mm-hmm. you know, and like the NBC did the gravity games. Uh, some girl died on one of the crash corner up there on one of the runs. But in Talamina, we had a friend that told us about this area. It's like a scenic byway. It's a great place to ride. A lot of motorcycles and uh, a lot of off-road riding too. Uh, but this one hill crash corner. No, what a crash. It was just one of the hills up there we're skating. And there's like, we used to go up there every year, Memorial Day, and we'd all pitch in and rent a U-Haul truck. And somebody would drive the U-Haul truck to the bottom of the hill, pick us all up. Those, you know, we'd all climb in the back of the truck and go to the top. 
we were going down one of these hills and there's like five or six of us, you know, really close together. And I would keep a GPS in my shoelaces so I could see how fast I was going, you know, like, cause you're, you know, you've got a yeah. speed tuck going. And I think we were like, you know, just over 50 miles. An hour. And, uh, and we were not wearing leathers this trip. This is before we had leathers. And, uh, there's like five or six of us really close together. And up ahead, I see like two fucking holes in the road, you know, like mm-hmm. big hole, like right next to the, the center stripe. And, uh, but I was, it was like, I can't turn, like, I can't get out of the way fast enough. You can't float and over I it either. I fucking hit him. And the board did like this crazy wobble and jumped over like three foot. And somehow I just like stayed on it and didn't go down. It was wild. But Talamina was cool because the cops would like, uh, they'd be pulling people over for speeding and then they would radar us, go by on our skateboards over the speed limit. I'm like, Peace. dude, the cops. Yeah, what, what could there. they do? Couldn't do nothing. One time I came around a turn and there was a fucking motorcycle in the middle of the road just on its side. And I fucking tried to stop. I ended up like, I don't know if I wrecked, but I fucking lost the board. It went in a ditch and went down like two miles on the side of this hill. Oh. But I was looking for the guy in the motorcycle, you know? Couldn't find him fucking anywhere. And there was like, this is one of those roads where there's like car parts and trees and shit on the side of the road. Like, lots of accidents happen. And finally, a cop showed up, you know? We're like, dude, we don't know where the, there's a wrecked bike and there's nobody here. And I guess he was just like, he looked for a while with us. And I guess we just assumed that somebody picked him up, you know, like, and took him to the hospital. Yeah. There was no dude. There was this one guy. His, oh fuck! What was his name? It was like fucking Adam or something crazy, dude. He was like fifty years old, but he had some kind of disease when he was like forties in his forties, and it like completely wiped his brain clean. So when I met him, the one the lady that was explaining it to me was like. He pretty much has the mind of a 17-year-old right now, but he's in the body of a 48-year-old. And this dude is absolutely fucking nuts. And he, <laughs> yeah. he was, he'd been doing it since the 90s, uh, losing, downhill skateboarding. Anyways, we're at this fucking spot, you know, and this is just a road with guardrails, you know, there's no fucking hay bells. And he slid off into a guardrail and broke both of his legs above and below the knees. Okay. So he heals up. We go back, do another Memorial Day run. And, uh, and I wasn't there for this one, but he was supposed to just drive the fucking vehicle, you know, but we're there at the top of the hill. And he's like, I think I can do it. Oh no. He does the same thing again. Fucking goes to a guardrail, breaks both of his legs above and below the knee. Insane. And he would, he would ride, he made a board out of metal and it was like, it was so heavy. You would just like. Literally, you would lean out in front of it because the board would be pushing. Like, you were more wind blocked than what the board would do yeah. by itself. Like, you would be slowing the board down. That was fucking wild. That's crazy. Yeah. What's more dangerous, riding a motorcycle or doing that? I mean, it depends on what you're geared up for, you know? Riding a skateboard on public roads. Sketchy. Yeah. You know, I whether it's riding BMX or skateboarding in the city... Uh, I think it comes with the experience too. Same thing with motorcycling. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're practiced in the subject, you know what to look for. You know how to hold your line or maneuver your line and and get around the trouble that's coming at you. Like it's, it's all experience when people are mystified by, Mm -hmm. 
I can't believe he just did that trick or grinded down that handrail or something. Like, that's not the first time he tried it. No. He's fallen. He's learned mm-hmm. how to fall. I used to tell people when I was younger, we learned how to fall. You know, I wish. Skateboarding I never, will teach you that. And Yeah, exactly. I never, I never broke any bones doing it, but, you know, I'm sore today from it. But, yeah, it's you learn how to deal with the situation you're in and remember when you fell last night which time (laughs) you too yeah i did too i felt worse i'm sitting Uh, in the stands behind mitch and after you you slid out i just see him just casually get up i gotta go to work (laughs) gotta go help jake fix the bike for the next run the bike was all right for that one not the first seat dude that first one dude it just slid i mean i guess the it started it hit, spinning. The, the sissy bar hit the wall and it like yeah, hit the hay bales. Bounced it off and it was just sliding across the concrete. I'm pretty impressed. But that, in the sorry, go ahead. I'm go pretty ahead. impressed that through all the races that when people ride their choppers and they usually somebody on the chopper goes down, there's nothing terrible wrong that happened. No, the, the damage is very minimal. The funniest thing you're right about that. The funniest thing about that whole my first wreck was Dan was in the stands watching it because you raced the he raced before me. Yeah, and. uh soon as I wrecked, got the whole shot and everything. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling good. Sure enough, wipe out, wreck my bike. And what did they say? Oh, that's what, like, That's why you don't flat track chop. Yeah, please. That's why we do it, though. That right? GoPro video that you had on your handlebars, was, that was an amazing video to see itself, too. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty funny. It looked w- really violent. The guy doing, <laughs> yeah, the, guy doing the wheelie it? off the line next to you, and then he come around the track and... I know. Your bike's spinning around. You didn't race at all, Chris. What's up with that? Uh, I just haven't made it a priority to get anything to race. Yeah, and smart. Last year, after putting that sidecar into the wall, luckily, I didn't see that. Luckily, I didn't either. What yeah, happened? Yeah, I built uh, Scott a sidecar, side hack mini bike, uh, because he was, I don't know if it was in Brazil or something. Like he rode one somewhere, and he's like, I gotta have one of those. So well, he used to race sidecar. Yeah, motorcycles, real motorcycles. Yeah, and Scott Johnson. So yeah, Scott Johnson. What? You didn't yeah. know that? No. Scott has, uh, before he got into Harleys or whatever, he had a... Also, very... I can't believe he let me race his bike, by the way. That was stupid of him. But we did all right. Like, uh, I, I heard uh, Mark say on the, um, the PA, like, that's how the flat track community is. Like, you go out to a flat track, you go out to the ice races around here, here, get on it. Like, mm-hmm. we want you to experience this. Hmm. It's a very, very inviting community. It's as long as the whole motorcycle community around here has been that way too it's, that's sweet it's really cool so i'm not surprised that he let you ride it i rode one of warren's in a flat track on dirt his wrs wrtt um and mike lang actually let me ride his 1950 wr at plymouth and again they're just so inviting and, and yeah that stuff can be fixed like i ask him like yeah. what what aren't you afraid of something getting broken and he's like no i can fix it yeah so we watched. Dude, I watched they, they, and nobody's gonna ride that my bike harder than I am. Yeah. That's right. You know, it's like, yeah, of course you can ride my bike. So, so actually, somebody asked me that yesterday. They were like, "Do you feel like you didn't ride as hard because it wasn't your bike?" And I was like, "I thought about it before, like we took off, but as soon as like take off the line, it's like I'm racing right now. Yeah, I'm being racing. competitive, and I don't really think about oh, this is somebody else's bike. It's like I'm no. I'm here to just race for sure. Yeah. But uh, I know uh, the WRTT that I race of Warren's. The cams in it were so hot that you had to give it RPM. And you're thinking, oh, this is an old engine. And this thing doesn't, isn't going to want RPM. What's going on there? Huh? Someone's giving it RPM, dude. Yeah. 
So that's how a, my bike is. Like it, it really likes to live at yeah. full throttle. Like getting there, it's it's okay, but it just likes being pinned. You feel mm-hmm. bad about doing it. You don't want to wreck it, but that's what the bike wants. You got to give that's, it what it wants. Damn. Anyway, what's your opinion? Dan says I wrecked him in the first lap. I didn't wreck him. I didn't touch him until he fell. Dan? Yeah. I mean, on, on the brakeless class. In the brakeless class. I can't say that I did. Oh man. You know, and then you, you think ha- that you think that everybody's watching when you're yeah, out there. I know, the, I know. Like, what else could they possibly be, be doing, doing right you know, now? Like, we're out here racing brakeless motorcycles. <laughs> They've got to be watching it, right? Got to be watching now. Yeah, the, the, it's a funny theory behind the brakeless stuff, and and the heats haven't been that stacked so much recently. I've noticed, but mm-hmm. when there's a lot more brakeless riders out there, it gets really hairy, and it's yes. easy to go down, especially with uh, some of those. The, the older bikes, there's not that much ground clearance. You can't get over very much, and you wash out, right? So mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you're into the wall. Mm-hmm. And you get grip on your tires, but once you're on the ground, you can slide pretty good. Yeah. Once yeah. that metal hits that, Dude, that ground, you're I sliding. Know. Yeah. I know. You know. I slid pretty good last night. Low slides aren't that bad, but it, it flashes in your mind. That's the thing is you got to keep way. that bike underneath you, you know, where you're like, if it does go down, it's going down that way. Somebody said they saw you after, yeah, after you, you, you dumped the, the mini bike. You oh, you were, dumped the mini bike too? I missed that because spot, I was getting ready for the next spot. race. You were side saddling. You were sitting on the no, side. That was on my flathead. That was on your flathead? Yeah, when I tried to jump yeah, back on. Yeah, that was his flathead. Fucking side saddle into all the hay bales going down the straightaway. Make the turn. Finally, I realized I can't, in this suit, I can't pull my leg up over the fucking <laughs> tank. Oh, so I fucking try and jump off again, almost lose it, and then swing a leg around and jump on it. The only reason I race is because of Dan. I will say that. Isn't that true? Really? He said, why don't you just race with me? And yeah. I was like, why well, don't like, I have a bike to come, race? fucking race. I was like, I don't have a bike to race. And he was like, well, race your chopper. And I was like, okay, well, I might as well. I give you a lot of credit for riding the, for riding the chopper and Scott's bike. I think. And then from there, it wasn't even Scott that gave me permission to ride his bike. Warren was like, <laughs> Scott's bike's at my shop. Just ride it. And I was like. Is, uh, is Scott cool with that? And he was like, yeah, he'll be fine. So I texted Scott and Scott was like, yeah, sure. Well, uh, I was bestowed upon the task to chaperone Warren's son mm-hmm. who raced fifties and the Stasics. Okay. And our friend Katie's little boy who's eight. And I signed their waivers for him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's a pretty, uh, I guess, free community to where it's like, yeah, That's cool. It, they want their kids to do this stuff and it's, huh? It was such a rush a, for me, though. What a trust. Yeah, dude. That, such a rush. And I, I'm more scared of riding the brakeless flathead stuff out there because I've seen Eric Bass going to the wall the last couple of years. And Warren got run over. Uh, he, the guy launched over. Warren low-sided it a few years ago, and then somebody came up behind him and literally rode over his rear tire, over his gas tank. There's a skid mark still on well, it. There's nothing you can do. Like if no. somebody goes down in front, it's like you, you can't stop it. Yeah. Like you're there's lucky. no break. You can't get out of the way. And every time somebody goes down out there, I'm surprised. They get out of the way. Run over. Yeah. Well, dude, it was kind of nice being with the fucking Yamahas, you know, those guys were just bouncing off me. I was, you know, oh, like, I know. Oh, yeah. They're just so light. I'm like, so a little more if that would have been Jake running into me on the flathead, it's like, it wouldn't have been as forgiving. We would both would have gone down. Yeah. But in your heat race, when you're, that yellow Yamaha, oh, just you guys fucking, were just bouncing off of each other. So good. Yeah. So that's racing. And then he went down in front of me and I just ran right into him. You know, like. I'm so confused on how you got around that guy. Yeah, I don't know how that happened either, really. 
Because he was, when I, mean, I hit him square in the back, and I guess he rolled because I didn't pick the, you know, like. You hit yeah. Jake in the back? No, no, oh, this other dude. Other guy? Yeah. On a Yamaha something. He had a big giant air suit on, like a. Did it inflate? No, I don't. I mean, I hit him pretty good. I don't. Maybe I didn't hit him very good. No, you did. Step it up next time. Yeah, fuck. You I'm did. Make that suit Step go off <laughs> next time, dude. No, for real though, the biggest thing I learned was it's all about taking off the line. That's oh yeah, on those short tracks it is. Yeah, that's the short track for sure. It's hard to get. And we both qualified good for the brakeless class, so we actually got to start on the front line. Mm-hmm. But if you were like on the, how many lines did they have? Three, two or three rows. Row. I was on the front. Yeah, I'll look backwards. Yeah, don't look backwards. Yeah, it's hard to but climb. Yeah, you, yeah, go ahead. It's hard to climb rank mm-hmm. when you're not getting off that front line. On the short track, it's hard to pass people. But it also, anything can happen. Like, we've seen J.J. Ro- rolling up ahead, and then next thing you know, he's on the ground, and somebody else is out front. Mm-hmm. So That's it. you got to be there, though, to take yeah. advantage of when something like that happens. Yeah. got to be in the right place. Don't give up if you're third, because you you could be up front real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything can happen, especially on that track. Especially on those short tracks. Dude, racing the, the the big track in Daytona, that's fucking wild. No brakes, rolling fucking 80 miles an hour into a turn with three dudes you don't really know. And that's on and that's on asphalt too, either. right? Yeah. yeah. Do you wear full leathers wild. for that? Huh? Do you wear full leather? I, yeah, I was wearing leathers, yes. You're talking sons of speed and that's yeah. coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Are you doing it this year? Yep. Yeah. I, I didn't think I was going to like it so much. A lot of cool guys out there. Dude, and, and it's the same thing. Everybody's so stoked and helpful in the pits. You know, it's yeah. like, dude, they would give you the motor out of their bike, you know, if, you know, if that's what you asked for. For it's sure. Like, I mean, they're just, that's it's cool. amazing. I mean, that's how That's the racing, racing world. Is, that's really. right. It's, it's fucking so good, you know. And I love the way that Jeremy has a special talent of, like, you know, communication and, like, getting everybody on the same page and, like, communicating what the event is all about. And his uh, philosophy. More, yeah, through his philosophy, yeah. yeah. And that's, like, one thing I lo- that I love about him that is lacking in almost every other race I've been to. It's just, mm-hmm. like, really bringing everybody together, getting them on the same page. And everybody does a writer's meeting and, you know, you know, but doesn't explain it and kind of just put everybody on the same page as to what's really going on. Here, yeah. You know, like, and on top of that, include fun things and make it fun. It's not just about racing. It's enjoying the, the time with your friends and the people at the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dan, I got a question for you. Nope. Yep. Uh, Chris. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I got two questions for you. Okay. First one, how'd you get your nickname, Danger Dan? So I played in a band called Walker and the Texas Dangers. And I played guitar. I was like riding around on my motorcycle. With what kind guitar. of band is this? It's a bluegrass band. Okay. We were just like called punk rockers, playing bluegrass. And uh, and we were going on tour. And they it was like, you know, the band had started a uh, Facebook page or MySpace or some shit. But I was on probation. I wasn't even allowed to leave my county. So I was like, we can't put my name on there. So just make it Danger Dan. So you came up with your own nickname. Yeah. Isn't that kind of risky? You know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, it wasn't Isn't that against the rules. At first. It was just like, I was trying not to, you know, go back did to jail. Get, did you, you get know? any shit from that by anybody? By for your what? friends? Like, dude, you came up with your own nickname. <laughs> no, not until <laughs> now. Fucking dick. 
No, I think it's a pass because it's part of a band name, right? So it, yeah, you I mean, pass it was, on it. I mean, don't be nice to him. Not no. to go to jail, okay. you know. Like, <laughs> I like no, I get that's it. That's an amazing it. story too, though. I get it. It was uh, way around the rules. We're supposed to leave the county, and they're just posting pictures of us drinking beers and playing music, you know, all over the country. That's pretty cool. That's how I heard about Mama Tribe. We played at the Wisco in Madison. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Some on, dude, on a the bartender had a fucking panhead, and he was like. And you guys rode here from Madison. And we rode here. Right, Dang. He brought me right to uh, the museum. He's like, you want to go inside? And I was like, no. That's Let's awesome. keep riding. <laughs> was it snowing that year? No, this was November. Okay. He didn't bring me to Mama Tried. He just told me about. The show. Yeah, I was like, dude, that's retarded. It's fucking cold up here in November. I can't imagine what it's like in February. Why would you have a motorcycle show? There was one year in February, though, that on that Saturday, it was maybe the first or second one on 2nd Street. The weather was so nice that JJ and I rode down from Waukesha, you know, really? 20 miles. I don't know how... Our, was that at the old venue? Uh, it would have been the third venue that they had it at. Yeah. Um, I feel like I remember that. And... We went to Cactus Club afterwards for an after party on our bikes, and it was getting colder. And this mm-hmm. is February. I think before I left, too, I put a little lighter oil in my bike, and somehow our bike started first kick after being dead cold. Damn. And for my, for even my sportster, that's like. I put unheard. some thinner oil on my flathead yesterday. I was like, there's not enough warm up time yeah. here. So thin it out. But yeah. You did so good yesterday. You crushed it. I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. I won. I won all day. I didn't see any checkered flags, but I was winning all fucking day. It's good. But yeah, that being said, you know, I was like fucking crazy to have a motorcycle event in February. But when I first came here, like 17 or 18 or whenever the first time I came, we went to the mom. We went to the one moto show and then drove across. It was like a fucking crazy blizzard that we were in the whole way here. But getting here and, like, hanging out just kind of reminded me, like, the shows, even during the summertime when I ride to them, it's all about the fucking people, you know? And I think Scott, Warren, and Jeremy all do a great job of curating some of the raddest people to Mm -hmm. come. It's like, they don't pick you because you built a cool bike. They want you to come hang out. They're like, just bring whatever. Like, when they call me up and ask me to bring a bike, I'm like, well, what do you want me to bring? They're like, whatever you want to talk about. You know, like, we want you to come to Milwaukee. And I'm like. Fuck, that's that's, that's cool. awesome. What day did you get in? Do you do you remember what day you got in when you first came? That first year? Yeah. No, we raced it flat out Friday. I guess I'm alluding like one of my favorite vibes about the whole event is being at Field Cafe that Thursday night. Yeah. People are just getting into town for the first time. We, that's when we got in. We definitely and, were there. Like. It's just it's it's a switch. It's on. The, the weekend turns on as soon as you walk into fuel. fuel. There's whatever chaos is going on there. It it starts the weekend out. Mm-hmm. You don't you come into the unexpected, and that's it. Parallels the adventures we have on the motorcycles. Like you don't know what you're in for, but whether you're ready for it or not, you're going to deal with it and enjoy the hell out of it. You're yeah. going to look back and laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's a great spot to kick it off too. Dude. And then we'll wake up early the next morning. Go race. In the coals. Like one year, one year Thursday night there, Jeremy comes up with this stupid idea to joust on the mini bikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was something I was scared of doing. But after doing it a couple of times, it, I didn't get as hurt as I thought I would. But <laughs> uh, 
I know uh, one one guy might have broke his ankle on my mini bike, and I Uh-oh. had to search for a, a flywheel before the the race the next day at Flat Out Friday. Flywheel. But last year, I think there was a makeshift pallet jumps out front. You know, sketchy shit like. Mm-hmm. That's the excitement, just the unknown of what's going to happen in the whole weekend. What what can happen? And then this year, Warren shows up with his snowmobile. <laughs> well, that was Warren's snowmobile. Yeah. Nice. So. I've never ridden a snowmobile. No? No. Dude, there's so much. That was your opportunity. Fun. Yeah, I know. Thursday night. He asked me to, and I was like, yeah, I'll come back. Dude, there's so much fun. You got one? No. You don't have one? I think that's the that was the first time I ever rode one. Really? Took it around Thursday? The yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought everybody up here had one. <laughs> that was just like way of life. Yeah, Harley mm-hmm. in a snowmobile. Yeah. Nah, you go ice fishing in the winter? Me. What do you I, do? I've just I've hang out in the garage? I've yeah, what does everybody been... do here in the winter? In the winter. It's cold. Yeah, hang out in our garages. Mm-hmm. Work on something? Yeah. Drink some beers? Yeah. I guess that's the blue-collar mentality of what living in Milwaukee would be going to the bars and working on your bike that's not something that i usually do but it's not hard to not find a bar around time, here. But yeah for real there's bars everywhere here it feels like that to me at least is that like that anywhere else no north carolina doesn't no. is not like that it's just I, normal to me like literally every neighborhood it would have a bar at least every two blocks and sometimes a bar in the middle of the neighborhoods if you're in a more denser area like, uh-huh. because walking to the nearest busy street was too far and, Especially when it's cold and snowy. And out. back in the 90s, too, you'd have, on a good summer night, 10 motorcycles lined out front of half the bars out there. So mm-hmm. the the city of Milwaukee with the motorcycles has just been... Have you been here your whole life? My whole life. And it, it's, an, it's amazing how motorcycle-centric the city has been, how the brand has been in the DNA of the city. Mm-hmm. I love, like... One of my best memories of hanging out with the Haints is Nick coming up here and having that look on his face of awe and just saying, you know, Milwaukee's like lawless when you're on a motorcycle. You can <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Like mm-hmm. I've never experienced anything else. Like That's riding with you your do. friends. Yeah. You're not being a dick, but you're riding faster, you know, ten, fifteen over the limit. You're in a group of friends, you you make sure that people see you and you blow blow the lights. You do what you need to do on your bikes. Like, mm-hmm. you own the city. Cops just wave at you. I mean, I ride like that everywhere most of the time. Yeah. When I came down to the congregation show, I brought my sports to the ride around. Like, hey, let's hang out. Let's let's party like we do up here. Yeah. And Couldn't do that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of tried, but nobody else was into it. I was like, I thought we were riding motorcycles. I thought this is a motorcycle <laughs> show. I was kind of bummed, but it was it is what it is. You know? Oh man. I, get it. I don't I get, get it. out and ride much and like I the time I go bum. to hit it. So I we I showed up to that bar and I just played every Van Halen track on that jukebox that, that everyone was at and I didn't see many of you prism guys. You must have been working pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> Made I was, you know, working to death. That's all right though. <laughs> Can't remember which bar that was. Dude, I, I went to a cool bar when I was Thirsty there. Thirsty Beaver. I don't remember. It was one of the pre-party they a, nights. Did they have a patio out back? Oh, Tipsy Burrow. I think they had some tacos. Yeah, Tipsy Burrow. Yeah. yeah, I think that's where I went. That's where we do like our bike night. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the kickoff night of Friday. Friday night, yeah, maybe. Probably. 
So what other things do you guys start? What strikes you guys well, about wait, Milwaukee? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah, hold on. Okay. Got one more question for you. <laughs> I hear uh, you're you're a pretty famous dude. You know, you're you're well known in this motorcycle world. I guess the longboard world too, music music scene. But I I heard a rumor that your sister's more famous than you. Oh, she is absolutely. Tell us. Yeah, my sister. Doing what? Uncle Becca. She has a hat company called Inappropriate Trucker Hats, where she prints what what's her saying? She prints inappropriate shit slightly crooked on a trucker hat, and she just <laughs> comes up with the funniest shit ever. Prints them on trucker hats. Really? Yeah. And that's her business. She's got a storefront in Prosper, Texas, and then she goes to like music events and sets up in vins, prints hats on the spot. She'll uh, you can she'll print a picture and just print it on the hat right there and sell it to you. That's Someone crazy. Trying hard to get in, huh? <laughs> For real. All right, I'm sorry. What were you saying? I, I totally what, interrupted you. You guys, how many times? You've been to Milwaukee twice now. Oh no, way more. Yeah. Five times. Five times. Six what's, times. what's your favorite part about coming to the city? Hmm. The food. People. The people. Is this just around the event? No, like I came yeah. through here in the summer t- one time, and Scott took me out to a sweet restaurant. Yeah. I don't know if it was one he owned or not, but we had good food. Then he like gave me the keys to his place. You know, up like his vacation spot on the Mississippi River, just like a fucking piece of grass overlooking the river. For sure. And it was yeah, so it feels sick. like a giving city. Yeah, like everybody here is like just wants to give you something. Well, I think that that's like a so that's like a, attached to the brand in general. You know, like everywhere you go or everywhere I've been, man. The he, when you ride a Harley, you're like a you're part of this fucking club. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's bigger than this city. It's very strongly represented here, but it's right. It's fuck. It's all the way at the bottom of South America. You know, it's pretty wild. It's being involved in. BMX and skateboarding and down motorcycles. It's been pretty amazing to me how being passionate about your subject can really bring you together with the people that have similar interests. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty blown away at that aspect that motorcycling has has been has given us. Yeah. yeah, and Dan, you've done a great job of bringing us all together, sharing our stories, keeping that world you moving, know, that culture, I that just, community. <clears throat> just like talking you know enjoy i like i enjoy this you know it's like uh you know they wanted me to do this on a stage and share it with everybody and like you know that would have been cool but i this this is really good you know it feels more intimate yeah it is it is um but yeah i it's crazy that i've got myself into this position i'm at and it's i've been doing it for a few years now you know thank you jake yeah, you're welcome. Well, we all, the, we, I remember I came to the congregation. I was going to ride my chopper there, and it something fucking happened. I think it was like with the timing, like the timing plate on a nose cone, like something broke in there. Maybe this it was just something I couldn't fucking fix or didn't know how to, or maybe I just wanted to ride that FXR or the sidecar because my buddy had spouted off. He's like, "Oh, if you fucking if your chopper is broke, you can ride this." So I call up Mike. I'm like, "Hey, Mike, were you serious?" Yeah, can I actually do that? And I rode that fucking side hack. That's a terrible idea to ride a side hack across the country. Never done it. Don't. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're like giving somebody a ride, like if there was a dog or Don't. somebody over there enjoying it, where I could be like, okay, you know, I'm doing this for <laughs> you. Them, just had you had know? luggage? Yeah, I just got like shit, you know? Like, <laughs> fuck. 
that didn't make it any easier to ride those. That was before we had a tire changer at the shop too. That Remember was, that? Were you able to cut that fucking tire? We used to cut off wheel, mm-hmm. cut the tire off. Done that a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I was showing wires on that fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I was going. There's no way you were making it on back. someone else's bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you figured it out, dude. It was huh? crazy, dude. I I like got into a zone. It took a while to figure out how to like drive it because. When you want to turn right or, you know, like just change lanes to the right, you kind of have to speed up. If you want to go to the left, you kind of got to like slow down to, you know, hmm. use the speed because there's the drag from that outside wheel. But after riding it for like a thousand miles, I was just like, I was just one with the motorcycle. I wasn't even thinking about all those little things I was doing to make it work the way I wanted to. And then I get somewhere north of Atlanta. The sun's down. It's dark out. And I was like swerving through traffic, you know, like three using three lanes, you know, like I was on a regular bike. And then I looked down, I saw I was going fucking 90 miles an hour. And I've got like one of my feet is on the side hack, you know, like half my butt's on the seat. And I'm like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I doing? You're like, too comfortable. Way too comfortable. And I was like, you know, I hadn't slept enough. So I was like, you know, a little bit, you know, I, was, I wouldn't even think I was just doing it right. And I see the speed, and I'm like, wait a second. Fuck, I need to slow down. And at that point, came into a construction zone. It all went down to one lane with concrete barrier on either fucking side. And I couldn't even, like, I was having trouble just going straight without hitting those fucking concrete Jeez. barriers. Because I started thinking about it, you know? Yeah. But I made it. We you fixed did. the tire. Yeah, I rode back. somehow we fixed the tire. Uh-huh. I was bugging Jake the whole week. I was like, dude, I need a fuck. You said you had a tire. Like, I just want to make sure that this is going to, you're like, Dan, I will take care of you. Right <laughs> we now, got I've got this event going on. Just chill the fuck out. I was out like, here's the keys to the shop. I you figure it out. Make it happen later. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, you and guys have did. been pretty accommodating over there, haven't you? We try to be. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. That weekend specifically is hard just because, like, we're all spread so thin. Yeah. Putting an, putting an event on. But aside from that weekend, yes. If anybody's in town, something happens, they need anything, we'll make it work. It was really cool seeing people uh, on the road. little Pat from Milwaukee up here bring his bike oh, down yeah. for the show, and you guys helped him get the rest of it buttoned up. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then he walks away with your prison pick award. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That kid around here has been a... a Dude, he's doing awesome stuff. Uh, Sweet kid. Who's yeah. this? Uh, little Pat Murphy, we call him. He, uh, I think he's 24 years old. He's an engineer over at Milwaukee Tool. Okay. He's like Kirpius's little... Yeah, Kirpius is, is really stoked on the kid. Like okay. he's, yeah, he's very passionate about doing this stuff. He's never drank, really tall, skinny, innocent. Like, but his passion for building motorcycles. motorcycles is just came out of nowhere. Like he jumped in both feet first, and he's in over his head, and he pulled it off. Like That's the awesome. all summer, he got hit on his hit on his bike last year, and. He's been rebuilding his chopper, but instead of just rebuilding it, like he's built it from the frame up. He started molding the the neck and added some tubing to the front of it. Some stuff that nobody else would think of, but he's taken some pretty big chances in doing really? it. Really? Did the and paint, did everything on it, yeah, did all the didn't, work. didn't want to outsource anything. He wanted to learn how to do it all himself. He got some good uh, pointers from Kendall and a few of us helped him with some fabrication stuff mm-hmm. you know me chris graves here and there but how old is he 20 24 24 24 and i think after i took him to the 
bar to get chicken wings after I helped, I helped him bend some brake linkage. And he says, wow, a lot. Like everything's is an experience to him. Like <laughs> he says, wow, 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 wow. wow. Oh, wow. wow. He yeah. says, wow, a lot. Yeah. Okay. So he's very impressed by every little thing that, that goes on. Oh, so he's and stoked. That's he's, always exciting to have around. And that's what, that's what gets me excited and probably Kirpius too, is he's just super excited to be putting a lot of these new experiences, figuring the stuff out. I can't wait to ride with him this summer and see what kind of, uh, how he handles just being on the road, getting into uh, yeah. situations too. But like, and he's, and he's thankful for everything too. Oh, very. Yeah. yeah. Is he here this weekend, I imagine? Yeah, his, yeah, bike's, up, his bike's in the show. His okay, bike's in the show. Sick. He's wandering around. and it's great, great young guy. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I hope you guys introduce me to him. For sure. We will. We will. Brought him to the person. bar. They get chicken wings, and, like, some guy was giving him shit for not drinking, and he was, he was, it was a hell of an experience for him, and I'm just laughing. Like, I'm trying to keep, like, not weighing into this guy. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, so the guy... Ask Pat why he doesn't drink. And then Pat kind of explained to him, yada, yada, yada. But then out of nowhere, Pat decides to ask him the same question. What? Why, why, do you... why are you drinking here? Why are you here by yourself? And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> you just you just open Pandora's box. Yeah, why does this guy drink? What's his fucking problem? <laughs> like, oh, man. Eventually, he got offended and walked off, but. That was just, a, but you were letting Pat stand on his own right there. Oh hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I wanted I wanted him to enjoy that experience. It's yeah. it's an experience of dealing with belligerent people that uh-huh. mm-hmm. it makes us grow. Mm-hmm. And whether we're the belligerent people in the world or <laughs> we're dealing with the other ones, it's it's yeah, fun to push those limits and boundaries. Stuff to be learned on both sides. Oh, for of sure. That. So seeing this kid learn is is very enlightening to, to me and Probably the rest of us. Yeah. But no, it's cool that in the small time that he's been involved in motorcycling, he's been able to bring it to the East Coast mm-hmm. and get build friendships with you guys. And and it's going to be interesting to see where he takes it the next That's couple right. of years. I mean, it's amazing where motorcycles will take you. Yeah. You so like when you're skateboarding or BMXing, you watch the new generations come in and see them come involved in it. And I think with Warren and Scott, they have been very welcoming. They've taught the rest of us to welcome in the next generation. Mm-hmm. Some of the older guys around here are having an epiphany too. Oh yeah, we have to cater to the young guys. And I'm excited that it's starting to happen to us now. Mm-hmm. So That's we right. can start taking care of the next young guys and make this hobby grow. Yeah, and you got to pass on the information that you've learned. Yeah. Share with other people. For sure. I mean, I, that's one thing I, uh, when I talk to some, the old dudes that own shops and are capable of doing a bunch of bad, are you teaching anybody this shit? You yeah. know, like, please find these, like, a lot of them can't find people to teach the information to, or, you know, they're just old and disgruntled. And I think you know. it goes both ways. Like, there's a lot of kids out there that want to learn stuff, but if you're going to be a dick about it. They're not going to hang that's out, right. hang around some old asshole. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. That's a tough one. How, so was Michael Langman teaching you some shit? Yeah, I've been teaching him. He's been teaching me some stuff. You've been teaching, You've been teaching him some I've stuff. I've been teaching him some stuff. <laughs> yeah, it goes both ways. There's instances oh, I bet where it it's does like, too. Yeah, like he was a, a tool room machinist forever. Ran ran a shop, and then eventually he started 
getting more work on his own, uh, being able to take care of himself. I've had to talk with him so many times about going out on your own, doing your own thing. It's scary. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I have not been able to, to do that myself. I've retired a couple of times, but after a year or two, <laughs> you know, I'm back to working for the man. Yeah. Uh, I'm this is happy, okay. I'm That's happy right. with where I'm at now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dream job, and I'm so appreciative of it. And Michael's a freaking wizard, though, isn't but, he? Yeah, there's some things in, that he does like that would take me eight hours to accomplish, and somehow he figured out how to do it in 45 minutes. Like he's mm-hmm. just done it for so long, and he has got so much experience with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just the processes, techniques, the finishing techniques, like it, it's just been so so rewarding and and so i appreciate it so much to learn as much as i have from him and the opportunities that i've gotten from him uh whether it's racing or just building what i've built like i wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the stuff without a lot of the inside knowledge that he's got That's awesome. and it took a while to crack honestly too yeah. like the first first time i brought him my sportster motor you know like hey can you help me out with this he came down to the valley shop that we had and he checked it out and we took the cylinders off and the, the pistons were fried but there was weeks where he wouldn't answer his phone because he was busy with other stuff. Now, after eight to 10 years of bothering the guy, like yeah, yeah. he answers almost immediately now. And That's awesome. I try to make it over there once a week on Tuesdays to, to work on whether it's my engine or just hang out and talk with him about, about life and mm-hmm. his experiences that he's had in, in motorcycling and building this stuff. That's cool. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to see him go from, building choppers when he's 14 to getting into the antique world and going through the motorcycling of Milwaukee, the seventies of eighties, hanging out with the clubs and, and still being able to build a a business with antique motorcycles and, and to still be involved and turn a new chapter into this culture, this new culture of motorcycling that Mm -hmm. there is today. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a fucking legend for sure. Been a great mentor. And he, we were talking at the bar the other night, and he was just the the ease in which he'll talk about something that seems so mind boggling. Yeah, he'll just breeze on by it like it's no big deal. I'm like, no, no, back on up. You cut the fucking cam cover off of what? You know, like it's always yeah. like it's normal. Yeah, like yeah, but that comes with experience too, like. Yeah, no, it's great. It's just like hearing him say it. It's like, oh my gosh, this guy's on a fucking other level. It's like you go. It reminds me of like when you go to college, and they teach you all this shit, and then you get into the real world, and they say, forget what you learned there. Like, I kind of had that with machining too. Like, yeah, you you mess up all these parts, but then after a while, you learn to anticipate what the metal's going to do when mm-hmm. you weld it, when you when you machine it, and then you learn how you can how you can cut something off and weld it to to another bike or reincorporate it it's yeah. just it, it, it there becomes a point where the motorcycle parts just become metal mm-hmm. and then you just yeah. make them do what you want mm-hmm. so uh yeah the stuff that he's figured out I don't know if I'll ever be able to understand entirely what he's <laughs> what he's what he's been able to do. Well, keep going over there and yeah. learning as much as you can. And mm-hmm. there's some things that I've done that like he, it starts to grow on him because he doesn't. We're all our own artists per se, and he mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily agree with what I do sometimes. If it's, you know, 
making the tanks or fenders or something a certain way because it's not traditionally it's not original or something it yeah. doesn't hold the oem dimensions or something like not that he is entirely a Tradici- purist yeah, he's not purist, a purist yeah. but yeah. you know he's definitely not a purist no yeah. But so he's probably set in his ways too, and he's like, just oh, doesn't sure. see it from the perspective you're coming at. Yeah, and there's some pushback, like, hey, why would you do that? But you it know? goes both ways, and that's what makes yeah, a good yeah. relationship is Absolutely. learning to understand somebody and let them have their place and, mm-hmm. and their word. Yeah, beautiful. You yeah. should you should do a fucking my garage episode with old with, with Mike him? Lang, dude. That'd be sick. Yeah, he's fucking wild. Yeah, you guys are leaving Monday, right? No, no, no. We're actually. Um, we're shooting Bill from the museum. Okay. Um, we're shooting his house for that My Garage series that Dan's talking about. We're doing that Monday and Tuesday and then flying to Detroit, shooting Detroit Randy. Randy, he was just Randy. in here. He's oh, I love Randy. On Wednesday. Dude. Randy's yeah. amazing. Redenzel is about two and a half miles away from me. Oh, yeah? Real close. Yeah. Small little neighborhood. Redenzel. He's a cool dude. Yeah. He's a really cool dude. Is he at the museum? Yeah. Yep. That's the guy. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Hey, fellas, Bell reached out and asked if uh, you guys wanted a Bell helmet. Really? Yeah, you guys want a Bell helmet? What? Yeah. Of course we do. Well, fuck, I got one for you. What? Just not one of these. Oh. I'll get you one in the mail. All right, that's That'd fine, too. Amazing. We'll take I that. love that. Thank you for sitting down and joining Thanks me. Thanks for having Thank us, you. Man. Great, man. I really appreciate Great it. Talking. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you, guys. Hey, and I'll see you on the track again. Yeah. Who's going to win? Me. Me? Yeah. Chris. Chris is going to win. We'll get out there. Me too. Man, that is sick, right? Super sick. Dude, it feels like it was so long ago that uh, we did that podcast. I totally fucking forgot all about it. And uh, not that I forgot all about it, but I don't remember what the fuck we talked about. I do remember getting drilled about skateboarding by Jake. You know, he had this fucking smirk on his face he was like digging for dirt talking to my wife outside waiting to come in and um, anyways I've got a couple more of those to release with Haley this crazy Canadian Uh, we had a lot of fun Jenny Bass and then Jeremiah Smith and Nick Resty so keep listening go to Mama Tried Flat Out Friday podcast YouTube channel go to Danger Dance Talk Shop mcshoptees.com lowbrowcustoms.com MotorcycleSherpa.com, KnivesMadeByNick.com, and uh, keep listening. There's more of these to come.